0: From Sacramento, the Bishop's Radio Hour with Bob Dunning on Relevant Radio, focusing on today's issues in the context of gospel values. Now, here's Bob.
1: That's me. Welcome to you on this beautiful day the Lord has made. Appreciate you all being with us on the Bishop's Hour as we move ever closer to uh, Christmas Day and the birth of our Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, So much coming up uh, as we head into Advent and all the wonderful parts of Christmas and uh, everything we, uh, Advent, of course, uh, sort of a period of waiting uh, ahead of the coming of, uh, of Jesus Christ. Well, uh, we are the Bishop's Hour, and uh, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it, and we're glad today to welcome in Jim McCormick, who is going to tell us all about Scola Camtorum. Jim is also the uh, president of the Sacramento Choral Society and Orchestra, so he knows just a little bit about music. <laughs> Well, I'm rejoicing to be back in the studio with you, Bob. Yes, well, and right. last week you, you told us, what, 30 years now with the Choral Society and That's Orchestra, right. 32 years with Schola Cantorum,
2: which is the uh, beautiful choir at Sacred Heart. Yeah, Sacred Heart Church, the corner of 39th and J. Yes, uh, one uh, of 19, our historic churches. Yeah, 1992 uh, uh, we uh, were founded. Uh, so thirty-two well, no. years for any church choir. Nineteen twenty or nineteen thirty-two. Oh, so the the church was founded in nineteen thirty-one, but Schola was founded in nineteen ninety-two. Oh, you were founded yeah, nineteen ninety-two, yeah. 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 And I was born in nineteen ninety-four. Yeah, so, I can yeah. say so you were not born yet. Yeah, yeah. but uh, we're delighted to be spending our thirty-second year at Sacred Heart. Wow, and it's quite a track record because you know sometimes church choirs uh, they mean to be consistent, but they may be perhaps for various reasons aren't. Mm-hmm. So this will be our thirty-second celebration of a December program by Scola Cantorum, the adult mixed choir uh, that helps lead the liturgy every Sunday at 11 o'clock. Uh, and the program that we do in December uh, is about the beauty and joy of Christmas. It's called From Heaven on High. Wow! Uh, and uh, we offer two performances, a Saturday evening performance at 7.30 on the 16th of December. Mm-hmm. And then we have a matinee, which is pretty popular, on Sunday, the 17th at 2 p.m. So we're delighted to have that great space. Sacred Heart is such a, a wonderful resting place, and the sanctuary is just, uh, if people come and the lights are dimmed and you fill the church with beautiful sound, I think people really realize, okay, Advent is here, Yeah. And yeah. And, and I think if you're looking for the real meaning of Christmas, you might consider uh, spoiling yourselves and attending.
1: A, a, a good event for, for kids as Absolutely, well? Absolutely, yes.
2: Yeah. Uh, normally six years or older. Uh, yeah. We do uh, record the concerts, and sometimes we prefer not to have solos on yeah, the recording. Yeah, yeah. But no, we encourage young children. Uh, and uh, it's, it's just a great space. And the repertoire uh, spans about three centuries. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll start with Gregorian chant at the back of the church uh, with just the, the men singing O Mister mysterium, uh, O great mystery.
1: Explain what that means,
2: Gregorian chant.
1: We, in church, people hear that, yeah. and, and yeah. they've heard it for so long. It's like it's like your next-door neighbor, and you can't ask him what his name is because yeah. they've been living there for eight years, and people yeah. go, I don't really know what Gregorian chant yeah. is.
2: Well, if you want to come back to the 4th century with me, Bob, um, Pope, uh, Pope Gregory, uh, he codified and put in order um, some some of the rules of good music in the church, and Gregorian chant is, is the type of music that moves by step. So there's no huge intervals. And it's very calming. Um, and normally it's uh, solo voice. You don't have a lot of harmony in Gregorian chant. And uh, the range is somewhat limited. Um, but people find it really peaceful. Mm-hmm. So when you shut the lights down and hear from the back of the church, um, the men, who, who, these are the monks in Scola. Uh, the men singing Gregorian chant, which is a peaceful, calming type of music. And, you know, young kids today are quite struck by it, apparently. Um, yeah, something uh, old is new again, you know. Yep. And so uh, it became the music of the church. The monks would learn uh, how, to, how to read that music by step. Um, and uh, it, and it, it, there's nothing jarring about it. There's no backbeat. There's no rhythms that are hard to understand. Uh, basically, moves by step, you know, and so um, we're we're proud to sort of honor the the great traditions of the church by starting the concert with this peaceful Gregorian chant music.
1: Does, does, you, you mentioned fourth century. Right. Does that precede what we would consider musical instruments today, or not?
2: Uh, yeah, pretty well. There, there might have been some stringed instrument of some kind that they they would pluck or play, but yeah, uh, the, the human voice is probably one of the earliest instruments. And we love it because everyone comes with an instrument into this life. Most people do anyway. Uh, And so singing is one of the most joyful things a person can do. Yeah, I I, I would
1: agree with that. So I don't know if you know the answer to this, but how far back in church history do we know when they actually had music singing at at a mass?
2: Oh, that would be uh, the late Renaissance uh, pretty well, the late Renaissance, fourteenth century.
1: So prior to that, probably no.
2: I, I can't imagine any record of it. Uh-huh. And, um, and there, they would sometimes do two-part harmony, um, but it was more in the Baroque era, in the seventeenth, late late eighteenth century, uh, when you know, masses with you know consistent good music. Uh, was sort of became the norm
1: and would those be choirs or would that be the congregational
2: Uh, they'd be choirs yeah Yeah. they would be most of them would be choirs yeah uh and it depends like when you think of saint mark's in venice the basilica uh they had all these balconies and the gabrielli brothers giovanni gabrielli uh they created beautiful music for for the great space it was like sound around um, so it was like first stereo music was invented at St. Mark's in Venice because wow. they'd have choirs up in the different balconies, and it was like echo, uh, claim and response, you know. Um, and so it's, it's it is a it's an acoustical ex- acoustical experience that you can find, especially in Europe, where the buildings don't have carpet, and they have this thing called acoustics. Um, so was it
1: intentional for acoustics? I,
2: I would imagine, yeah, because they. They wanted the beauty of the sound to resonate, um, and because they knew that resonance creates the uh, when the when the hall is too dry, Mm -hmm. your sound just dies, and there's no beautiful richness, uh, depth, uh, texture to the sound. Do we so, still build churches that way today? Um, they're trying to, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, unfortunately— The choir uh, later uh, saying, hey, can well, we do this? Well, what they do is they, they have a budget to build the church, and they, and they have to cut back on the budget towards the end of the project, and often it's the acoustics that they cut back on.
1: And what uh, what would make an acoustic more expensive than a non-acoustic um, church?
2: Well, I mean, I don't know if they, people find marble uh, expensive, uh-huh. you know, uh, the, the, the actual surfaces— uh, that would
1: so is it primarily surfaces, or exclusively yeah. surfaces? I
2: mean, well, surfaces and also if you have padded seats, uh-huh. you should they should be done away with. I'm you not, know? I'm not yeah. a any <laughs> church I've been in does not have padded seats. It must be Catholic, <laughs> at least not where I'm sitting. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so but if music doesn't resonate, then the beauty of the sound is lost. Yeah, uh, and that's why when you hear these great choirs in Europe and in the U.S. and all around. When they cut off and you hear a three to four second delay, there's that ooh-ah feeling, like oh my gosh. So, would
1: a church? You'd be in padded seats versus wooden seats, but we got people sitting in those
2: seats, yeah, especially uh, in the winter with heavy coats. Yeah, yeah. So
1: does does I mean if would an empty church would have better acoustics it, than it, a, it, a it, full it would, church? It would,
2: yeah. But then it can be too woofy. Could you all wait outside, please? Yeah. <laughs> well, when when it, when the delay is too long, like uh, three to four seconds after every note then everything gets muffled. But Renaissance music, which sometimes can move pretty slowly, uh, is beautiful music for Sacred Heart, for example. Um, oh no. It's pretty live, the acoustics there. you know. So Baroque music, which has the tendency to move fast now and then, um, you can miss some of the text, of course, because of the sound. Sa- but in the meantime, you're enjoying the rich sound. So you have the text in the program book. So wow. knock yourself out. Yeah,
1: yeah. Wow. Pretty learned, exciting. Learn something every day. Yeah, that's that's amazing. So tell, can you take us back to the to the first on he, from oh my heaven gosh, on high? Yeah,
2: 1992. Uh, Scola, I think we were 10, 10 members perhaps, and we were up in the balcony at Sacred Heart because that's where the old organ, uh, a pipe organ in. <laughs> in a lot of disrepair, right? and so Scola uh, started up there back in 1992 for the formal concerts, however, they would come down and, and sing on the altar because the sound there in the sanctuary, oh my gosh, it's beautiful, it's a sweet spot in the church, So, but for the regular Sunday Masses, we were at the back of the church behind the people and using this, this organ that, that sort of worked, you know? Uh, And about seven or eight years later that we were able to invest in a beautiful Allen digital organ. And the choir, thanks to Don Kendrick, uh, he knows how to recruit, and it kept growing. And then we decided that the new organ, the console, the keyboard, should be down with the people. And we we also want to be down there in in the transept on the right side of the church at the front. So we moved down there about 20-some years ago, and so we're with the people, Mm -hmm. and uh, it's just... um, and the sound down there in the transept is rich. It's really fine. So the choir has been consistently strong, uh, and that's because of good programming. You know, we rehearse every Wednesday night. I know that Scola donates pretty well, eight thousand five hundred hours of, of, of volunteer time in a given year, uh-huh. uh, and because every Wednesday we prepare for the following Sunday liturgy, and we wear robes because we are music ministers and we're helping to lead the liturgy. And we do help to move it ahead. Uh, we process in every Sunday. Uh, we have what we call the propers, you know, certain texts in Latin. Well, we, we do in English now um, that the men sing at the back of the church to launch the, the liturgy. Uh, so there's a whole sense of richness and tradition, and yet the congregation, uh, they can join in all the hymns mm-hmm. and the different acclamations. Uh, so, scola will sing a motet, uh, you know, a four-part work, uh, at the offertory, and then again at communion. And sometimes, if there's a meditation, we'll sing another motet, which is a, again a four-part arrangement, often a cappella, meaning unaccompanied. What does I knew what a cappella meant, and never heard a motet. What yeah, does motet yeah, mean? Yeah, mo, M O T for word. Uh, so music with words. Yeah, okay. pretty cool. Yeah, and uh, an a cappella in church in chapel style, you know, type yep. of thing. So so it's been a, a rich tradition. Uh, it's been, of course, enhanced by about 10 to 12 professionally mastered CDs that Skola has. Uh, in fact, we'll have some Christmas CDs at the concert available. And we know that people still have CD players, and they have great value. So uh, we'll, if especially if you have an older model car <laughs> and yeah. an older computer. <laughs> uh, uh, so we have that. And then Scola has toured the world. You know, we, we did sing for the two different popes. Pope Benedict in 2007 and Pope Francis in 2013. They were in attendance? Uh, Well, Pope Pope, uh, Benedict was there without his colleague, Pope Francis. Mm -hmm. When we sang for Pope Francis in 2013, we know that Benedict was in Rome someplace. Um, And that was when we we got invited back uh, in 2013 because it was the 500th anniversary of the papal choir. Wow. The papal choir was founded... Uh, in 1513, uh, Pope Julian. And we had sung at at the Vatican in 2007, and we got this amazing invitation from the Vatican later in 2013, because that's when the anniversary was. And at first we thought, well, we've already been there. And then we thought, what a wonderful opportunity. So we took Scola back to to Rome and performed in Venice as well and Luca. Uh, So it's been uh, what I, I appreciate a lot about Scola is the sense of community. Within a community that we've built, Um, people of all ages, uh, former students, we have attorneys, uh, homemakers, uh, uh, lawyers, teachers. A couple. We have a brain surgeon who he 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 operates on brains only, and he's he's amazing. He sings with us every Wednesday and Sunday. So so there's a good community of people, and it's the good music that draws them together. Wow. So you have any like. College kids on the choir? Yeah, well, we do, uh, and we, we still do, even though Don Kendrick retired five years ago from Sac State. Right. He was the director of choral activities, so he had a ready-made pipeline. <laughs> yeah. these kids... And you're kids, not far from Sac State. Not at all. Yeah. And so he... You mean the idea being that you must be able to read music well, uh, because there's a lot of repertoire every week coming at you. And so a lot of students that really wanted the challenge would take time to join a church choir, uh, to sing with adults who read music well and who have who sing for the right reasons. They're not singing for a college credit. Mm-hmm. They're singing because of the beauty that it brings to this community. Yeah. So we still have some students, uh, and um, uh, they all, there's a couple generations of people, uh, and I know that I'm one of the founding fathers. There's four others who are still in the choir from wow. 32 years ago. Yeah, and we we still don't have walkers, but we'll have them pretty soon. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. It's a, but it says something about the spirit of the group, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I, uh, I I come back to that and the dedication, you know, on a given Sunday to make sure they're there at ten thirty to warm up. How, how many How many members in a the uh, choir? There's about 34. Okay. 34 yeah, and uh, it's been as low as twenty eight uh, and as high as thirty seven, um, and uh, you know, it depen- It's quite a commitment. Because there you are, oh, and, and luckily, D- Donald Kendrick, our conductor, is very well organized. So we know well in advance the rehearsal schedule. Um, we do sing at, at uh, uh, funerals and at weddings as well. Uh, and we we partnered with the Choral Society on large concerts <laughs> down, <laughs> downtown. And so I, I applaud Scola for their, their good spirit and their dedication, yeah. you know, uh, to make sure that every Wednesday night and every... Uh, Sunday were there. So
1: Don Kendrick, the conductor, um, retired from Sac State five years ago, but still is with the Choral Sign Orchestra, still with Scola Cantorum. Right. I remember my mom, who was a RN her whole life. Told me she was never so busy as after she retired. Yeah, I, I'm story. guessing that's the same for Don.
2: I, I think so. I call it on the installment plan, mm-hmm. you know, um, because, okay, so he doesn't, he's not teaching at Sac State, he doesn't have committee work, but, but he knows how to recruit. Uh, he, he, and people are attracted to a good product, uh, and the repertoire is challenging. So I think that's what keeps drawing people as well. And he, he knows how to network. You know, And we really like it when when there's new blood, new talent. Uh, it's a new network. It's a, it's a new sound um, and new energy. And it's so much fun when we have a new member that joins us for the first time because the binder of music is quite uh, like the New York telephone book, if they still yeah, have that. Yeah. Uh, and so Don interviews the new singer in front of the choir. Oh, and, wow. Uh, but it's a, it's a lot of fun. He gets yeah. some laughing and type of things. So, yeah. Um, it, but, yeah, the, I, I, I come back to the, the community that we feel uh, processing in. And I love watching the look on the congregation's face because, you know, the thing is people will sing more if there's good leadership in the choir. Right. And so when the sound is full, they think, okay, may be, maybe I won't be heard. <laughs> right, right. And, and they tend to sing. And then when we process, out, I, I love looking at the faces of the people, uh, like all full of light, like, oh, my God. Because the space, Bob, this, you know Sacred Heart. Yeah, it's a it's a beautiful, inspiring space.
1: When my mom was very sick, uh, basically oh, across the street, yeah. mm-hmm. um, I would go over to Sacred Heart, like at yeah. three in the afternoon on a Wednesday, mm-hmm. to to pray. And yeah. it, it is it's a it's a sacred space. It's a yeah. bu- beautiful space. Yeah.
2: And I commend Father Walton. Yeah, years ago, he ended up uh, helping to renovate the church, mm-hmm. uh, and the colors are just beautiful. And the, the new the the chapel uh, that we have there uh, of the Pietà, it's just amazing space. Yeah. Jim, do you have a a, a a cut for us? Yeah, I thought we would start with as a young American composer. Uh, the piece in Latin is in uh, in dulci and it's in sweet joy, uh, in a manger. Uh, so what I like about the work, Bob, it's in Latin, but it breaks into English. So you're going to hear. Some Latin, but then, 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 there's some English to sort of spur you along. So this is a, a recent arrangement of Inducci Below" by um, a young composer uh, wh- who from uh, from America, Matthew Collettan. soothing. It is, isn't it? You talk about simple, pure joy. You know, uh, the line of music rises and falls and there's sort of the supporting sound while the sopranos soar above them, you know. Mm -hmm. And then as you end, you get towards the end of the piece, you swear there's a bunch of angels just hovering above you. Yeah. uh, And then I encourage people, if you come to the concert, close your eyes during part of the concert and just let the sound wash over you.
1: So, this is your 32nd from heaven on high. And again, Saturday, December 16, 7.30 p.m., Sunday, December 17, the matinee at 2 p.m. Uh, at Sacred Heart Church, 39th and J, right here in uh, uh, Midtown Sacramento. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you—32 years, how many, how many pieces are you doing in one concert? About 20, twenty. Twenty. So now number' six hundred and forty. <laughs> okay. Fast. So so <laughs> so of the six forty are there are there ten that you do every year and um, then ten new ones or how does well, that work?
2: Well you know, um, in England uh, they have a procession of carols at these beautiful churches and one of the favorite ways they like to start the, the Christmas event is with a song um Once in Royal David's City. Ah, yes, of course. And it's a candlelit procession. And in their case, they will often have a boy soprano sing the first verse. Uh, And so every year, Bob, as a tradition, and people have come to expect it, we start uh, after the Gregorian chant. We process up often with candles, like would-be candles, um, to Once in Royal David's City. uh, And it's a cappella. And then on the fifth verse, when we're all up in the sanctuary, then the organ kicks in. So yes, there's a standard there. And one year, Bob, we didn't do once in Royal David City, and did we hear about it? <laughs> <laughs> so we've learned keep the tradition. So people, keep the tradition, yeah. at Christmas, people they want to have memories, yeah, of, of days gone by. So there's that. Oftentimes, we'll still have the same audience sing along. We keep that for sure. Um, and there's a couple of standards that we like to have. But luckily, these young composers—just when you think they couldn't make uh, arrangements of these pieces that would, you know, inspire you—they come along and they do it. So yes, we've done "Oh, Come All Ye Faithful" probably by eight different composers. You just read in my yeah. mind. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I,
1: I, every year going to Christmas Eve Mass. Yeah, when the congregation breaks in, uh, my wife looks at me and I'm just getting yeah. tears. Yeah. I said. It takes me back to when I was five years old, you know, it's like
2: those those memories. And then uh, luckily uh, we have a strong soprano section in the choir and uh, on these works, uh, many of the works, especially when it's the the, uh, congregation participating on one of the verses we will have the soprano sing a descant as the line that soars above the melody. And so, does that ever add beauty to the actual? Like, uh, everyone's looking around and saying, Well, I'm doing pretty well. They're singing the melody, but Scola is embellishing it. Uh, and the look on their face when Don turns and asks them to rise, we turn the lights up and they sing all verses. And you can just see the sense of uh, beauty and camaraderie. And mm-hmm. I see families hugging each other. And I thought, Well, this is what good music does, you know? Yeah. So, we, so there is a, there's, probably three to four a year, that we can't help but program again. And like this year, they're going to hear Oh Holy Night, mm-hmm. and the soloist is Sal Ati. Now, he's the fellow that we featured this oh, Christmas. Uh, yeah, yeah, he, he was teaching in Woodland, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and he, We had him on this program. Yeah, yeah he's that Holy Spirit. Yeah. He teaches there, and he's, uh, he's he's auditioned at the Met recently, and he's in Schola Cantorum Church Choir. So he's he's gonna going play for the Mets. Well, he's going to <laughs> sing uh Salat, he's going to sing Oh Holy Night. Wow. And to that's me, great. If that's all you came for, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, he's he's, he's great. Yeah. Yeah. He's good. And and he he sings with his heart, you know. So we're we're proud to have Sal with us. A yeah. good a good fellow from Buffalo, New York. Right. Teberland. Right. Yeah.
1: The so most Catholic city in America. Is that right? Yeah.
2: <laughs> and lots of snow. And lots of snow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're in the belt. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. So So yeah, so there is a good variety of repertoire, and I'd say two-thirds of it is a cappella, unaccompanied. But the piece de resistance is our organist, Ryan Enright. If there's anyone that can make our beautiful Allen digital organ talk in that acoustical space, it's Dr. Ryan Enright. We stole him from Montreal by way of uh, Eastman about 11 years ago. So he is the organist down at St. John's Lutheran, 17th and Now but we borrow him at Christmas and at Easter.
1: When you say Eastman, that's Eastman Kodak, right? Uh, yeah. From long yeah. ago.
2: Eastman School of Music. They right. funded the, the original uh, yeah. Eastman School of Music. That's Rochester? And so, right. And, and that's, uh, that school is amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I know Don Kendrick's also a graduate from right. that school. Um, so we discovered Ryan about 11 years ago, and he is a consummate musician. So to have him on the organ um, is really a, a treat. And at the end of the concert, when we all process out to the lobby, the scola, um, Ryan breaks out into this toccata. It's a beautiful, from the Fifth Symphony of Charles Marie Vidor. And I, I encourage people just to stay and hear that piece of music because you'd swear that the, the ceiling is going to be raised. <laughs> you know? But it's a wild toccata, a piece that is uh, showy. you know, but, And it shows off the organ, and it also shows off the beautiful church.
1: How long have we had organs that people would recognize as an organ today?
2: It's only in the last uh, maybe 60 to 80 years. Oh, really? Yeah. And there's various companies that have come and gone. Um, Beautiful new pipe organ at Fremont, uh, uh, Presbyterian. It's a company from the Midwest by the name of Reuter. And in the pandemic, they actually went out of business and yet, these beautiful pipe organs exist and now. Luckily, they still have people that tend to service them because pipe organs go out of tune. Um, but um, but there's uh, there's a lot of good electronic instruments. The the acoustics, the sample, the sound files that they have used are really really good.
1: Joining up, I think was there a Hammond organ? Yes, that uh. was the
2: old draw draw stops. Yeah, uh. yeah, and the Wurlitzer, and oh my gosh, yeah. The Al- but the Allen has perfected digital sound. And then you take, if you have good acoustics in the building, that's the best stop on, on the organ mm-hmm. because it helps the instrument uh, resonate type of thing. So it's exciting. Wow. What's a what's a good organ cost these days? Uh, well, you know, if you go beyond, um, I, I know a good pipe organ is about 1.5 million, mm-hmm. 1.5. And then there's a lot of installation and care. Sure. Yeah. So that's why some churches on a smaller budget would spend maybe eighty-five to ninety thousand for a digital uh, organ and put the speakers behind the altar, mm-hmm. uh, or maybe up in the balcony. They can wire them. That's what we did. We went under the church and wired the speakers that are way up in the balcony. So when you play from that 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 sound system, um, it, you think that the pipes at the back are real and they're they yeah. full pipes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but the, the sound sounds real from behind. And I can always tell when people are new at Sacred Heart. As soon as we start the opening hymn, they're all they're looking for around. Yeah, we're okay. Yeah. They're up there, and yeah. then, well, no, no, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> we're over here. <laughs> oh, it's fun.
1: Wow. so what kind of maintenance does a organ need? Well,
2: you know, if the church is well uh, stabilized as far as temperature, uh, it, uh, I don't know how often they have to be tuned, but it's the tuning that costs money. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that the uh, there's a pipe organ down at Memorial Auditorium. It's a real collector's item, and it's tuned once a year, and it costs about $3,600 to tune it. So it's mostly tuning, and uh, and if, if there's too much humidity, then the poor instruments, they go out of, out of, out of tune. So is a tuner like the Maytag m- repairman? Uh, I mean, is he just well. sitting around waiting for well, the phone for, to ring? For, for digital, he would be sitting around, but if it's a pipe organ, he would get some work, yeah. you know, type of thing, yeah. And, you know, it'd be nice to have a pipe organ in every church, but they are exorbitant. And uh, so. What's
1: the space requirement for a pipe thing organ? Is
2: that's, that's the key. Because mm-hmm. sometimes they put too much of an organ in a building that doesn't suit it. Right. And so if they don't have the high vault and, and the depth also, um, those pipes can be hard in the ears. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, again, they should really uh, carefully map out the space before they invest in these expensive instruments.
1: Oh, you have another piece for us, Jim?
2: Oh yes. Um, there's a uh, a young composer from South Carolina, uh, Joel uh, Joey Holscher is his name, and he did an amazing. I think it's one of the most simple. It's the simplest piece on the program, but it's also I think one of the most touching. And it's a still, still, still. And what's, uh, and what's how do you pronounce his last name? Holsher H O E L S C H E R Um and the, the, uh, I think you know the text, ladies and gentlemen, still, 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 one can hear the falling snow, for all is hushed, the world is sleeping, holy star, it's vigil keeping. Mm-hmm. And as a Canadian, I totally agree with the hushness mm-hmm. of the snow. Oh, yeah. I remember walking home in the moonlight uh, late at night sometimes, and the snow would be crunching under my feet. Yep. Uh, but anyway I just love this arrangement um, it just uh, is it's in its simplicity it's powerful still 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 by Joey Holcher. <laughs>
1: I need a pillow. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I know, and that harp, the harp that's in that piece makes you think, maybe I have passed on into heaven. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and what's wonderful, the digital organ at Sacred Heart, while we don't have a harpist at the concert, there's a stop that, when you close your eyes, if you didn't know that, you'd think there's a harpist up there playing yeah. with us. Wow. So I'm really proud of that, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That piece is so calming. And uh, if there are any young people in the, in the audience that are ready to go to sleep, that will be the piece that does it to them.
1: So. How 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 long will you rehearse this? I mean, in terms of are you are you in you know, October, are you November? Yeah. Uh, Good
2: show. Um, we started uh, on this particular concert in it was early October. Really? Uh, yeah. So every and, but what we do every Wednesday night, we rehearse the music for the following Sunday, and then we set aside the last half of the rehearsal for Christmas. <laughs> so we've been going at it for six seven weeks now, and uh, yeah. And so we, we will have had nine or 10 weeks uh, on rehearsal because it's, it's, it's a lot of repertoire. Uh, we don't memorize it all, thank goodness, <laughs> but, um, but we do have a good grasp of it. And um, so, yeah, it's
1: quite a commitment. But, but there's pieces that are significantly more difficult for the choir than, yeah, the, I mean, there I mean I can do jingle bells.
2: There's a fun piece. I should, shouldn't give away the story here, but there's a new piece called A Gallery Carol by John Gardner. And Bob, rhythmically, if you make the mistake of trying to count because rhythmically, it's so challenging. But once you get the pattern down, then you realize you don't even have to count and just mm-hmm. use the text to drive the piece. So when we get to Gallery Carol, please don't look at me to see if my lips are moving <laughs> in the right direction. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do want to emphasize that we're urging people um, to buy tickets online. Yeah, but It's mm-hmm. so simple. We've made it so easy. If you go to com, you'll see right on the front page, uh, purchase online tickets um, and you know, uh, you can buy some at the door. We'll have a few, but we do encourage people uh, to cross over. And just and what we do, w- the famous convenience fee for buying online, we incorporate it into the ticket price. So tickets, general tickets are twenty dollars, but that includes your convenience fee. And students and seniors are fifteen. Yeah, okay. I remember buying a ticket for something. Uh, one of my kids
1: going to a concert, and it was like. Hey, Dad, they're only 20 bucks. Yeah, and it was like 52 by the time you got... I thought yeah. they they introduced legislation to ban some of yeah, that. I don't know, I know if it
2: passed or not. Yeah, I know Ticketmaster had a hard time last year. Oh man! Yeah, I
1: mean, yeah. I mean, we were talking about, and it didn't matter if you ordered one or six. No, no, you you're paying a fee on each each one. <laughs> you're you're absolutely right. Yeah, you know. yeah. that gallon yeah. of gas is is five dollars, but we have a pumping fee. <laughs> you know? It's like when you buy a printer. The <laughs> right? printer yeah. <laughs> the is sixty-four dollars, and the ink is. So <laughs> that's where they get you. No.
2: Well, but no, uh, we're excited, and we do encourage people, visit our website, sa- uh, com, and you'll see a very easy way to purchase tickets online. And $5 off for students and seniors. You got it, yeah. And, you know, uh, the matinee at 2 o'clock, it's is, is just a great way to spend an afternoon, you know, and there's no mat- there's no uh, intermission. Uh, so it's like the 2 o'clock concert will be done by 330 uh, the seven thirty concert will be done by nine o'clock at night, right. and there's ample street parking, and, and yep. some parking in the parking lot. There's a beautiful area of the city yeah. too, and
1: and, uh, and a lot of the houses in that area, yeah, yeah. are just yeah. decked to the nines with it, it, Christmas decorations. In fact,
2: planned to come early because of that, because yeah. people are lo- walking around. And oh, sure and, they are. So, uh, yeah, it is exciting. I mean, uh, they have the home tour the week before, mm-hmm. um, so but we're in good shape on the sixteenth and seventeenth. So. Very near what they call the Fab 40s.
1: Fab 40s. Yeah,
2: exactly. yeah.
1: Where where uh, former Governor Reagan yeah, had a that's home. that's Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Everybody points it out. That
2: I think that's where <laughs> Ronald Reagan left. <laughs> <lived. laughs> <laughs> yeah. And who, Nancy, God bless her. Yeah. yeah. Who,
1: who uh, knew then he would be President of the United States? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
2: No, that's right. No. Well, uh, we're delighted. Uh, uh, Scola uh, has such a solid reputation musically and otherwise. Uh, the consistency of of the product has been encouraging.
1: Wow, this is uh, this 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 is just remarkable. Again, scolacantorum.com, buy tickets online. So the, the the mix. How long is it? Who who do you have a committee to pick what you're going to?
2: Oh, um, we have a conductor. Who, you have a conductor yeah, who's he, he he's knows, the committee of he, one. He knows the repertoire so well, yeah. and Don spends the entire year. He has a file in his office where he sets aside potential pieces. Mm -hmm. He comes across this, and he networks with other conductors, by the way, and other church leaders. So he spends the entire year saying, oh, this might be nice. And then in the summer, oh, let's see now, what what, what will Christmas look like this year?
1: How can you... Think about Christmas in July. Oh, in the hot July. Yeah, I know. I know. Have,
2: like, I know. We do it with the Choral Society, too. We have to yeah. hire soloists. And, uh, but no, so he puts a lot of good thought into it. And he has to think of, will this be good for the audience, but will it also be stimulating for the singers? Mm-hmm. can't just be a one-way street. Right. And uh, so, and is there a variety of, of tempo and mood, you know, key signatures? So he puts a lot of, of excellent thought. Do, do, do you
1: sit down afterwards and do the, you know, troubleshoot, like what went right, what went wrong, yeah, what would yeah. that piece was a dog. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> no, Don,
2: Don debriefs, certainly, like even on the Sunday after the Saturday night concert, he'll debrief very briefly before the Mass, and then on the following Wednesday night rehearsal we'll have a good debriefing session about what worked and didn't work, and sometimes there's some good humor about something that happened or maybe some mm-hmm. baby yelled out, and um, I know a somebody's uh, cell phone went off yeah and, yeah and they've been pretty good lately I must say only 20 years later are people you know understanding that cell technology is the the bane of our existence yeah. for music
1: well i've I've been to a few uh, like Nutcracker kind oh, of yeah. like kids Nutcracker yeah. thing and and the the head person who works for city record will come out and almost scold you ahead of time like oh, yeah, uh, a bunch your yeah. cell phones and don't take flash photography and <laughs> and on and on. I remember reading the New York Times so it was I don't know, it was one of the big venues, you know, live venues, and and somebody's sitting in the front row, and the thing was, the alarm was going off, and he didn't know it was his. And he kept going and going, and they actually stopped. Yeah. And they and they had fun with it. <laughs> you oh, know, I like, see. So you know. Answer that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know. Instead of trying yeah. to ignore it yeah. or what are we going to do? The, uh, the conductors just stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's. it's and calming. they made I... a, it made a, a whole story in the New mm-hmm. York Times. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we, we cope with that. Yeah, but it doesn't doesn't happen
1: too often. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Again, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the 16th and 17th of uh, December. Uh, uh, Saturday uh, 16th at 7.30 p.m., Scola Cantorum, From Heaven on High. It's our annual Christmas uh, experience that we love. And we will have some Christmas CDs available at the concert.
1: How often do you turn over some of the 34? I mean, people retire,
2: people move, people... Yeah, people move, they graduate, uh, life happens, maybe there's a divorce in the family or something. Um, And so uh, in the summers, when we see the most attrition, um, and, uh, so I'd say there's normally a difference uh, out of 33, there might be six, six or seven per year. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's, and that's uh, substantial. You know, and once they join, they realize that it's quite a commitment. So they, they mm-hmm. stay for it. You don't just pick and choose a concert. You know, I'd like to, uh, you know, so that you, they stay for the entire year. And, uh, well, that's important. Yeah. How, uh,
1: how many concerts will you do?
2: Well, with Scola, we've got it down now where we just do two in December. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we do the huge Lenten Choral Mysteries in right. uh, around Easter, late right. March, early April. Um, so we've got it down to three. Uh, we used to have an October concert, but it was a hard one to launch out of the shoot. Uh, so we've decided, let's take it back to three. Uh, and uh, And then every... Now and then, when we can, we tour internationally.
1: How does how does that come about? I know, like you've explained, there are companies that will yeah, put that together. Right. Yeah. What makes you as a choir decide, okay, we want to do this and uh, we want to go to Yugoslavia? Uh,
2: it's, it depends on uh, if the country has good food. Yes, right. <laughs> I figured that was first. That is part of it. Yeah. Uh, type of thing. Normally, uh, it has to do with cost. Like we've, we've gone to Canada because it's a little bit more reasonable than Europe at the moment. Um, but uh, back then, we got an invite to s- perform in Spain. Mm-hmm. Uh, the small town uh, choir invited us, and we took them up on it. We're talking like 1999 or so. Uh, we've done Montreal, we've done Austria, England, um, and we try to go where the choral tradition is well respected. So Italy, and definitely England as mm-hmm. well. And so, um, and then, a boy, Prague, we were in Berlin and Prague in 2017. Um, and Spaces that we perform in, you can imagine they're just beautiful, and, and the audiences are so naturally appreciative mm-hmm. of the music. So, that's we find that invigorating, you know. But then we come back to Sacramento and we say there is no place like home, yeah, because it's pretty hard to beat Sacred Heart when it comes to the performance venue. Uh, so, yeah, uh, that's, yeah, that's true. It. Yeah, yeah, no place like Sacred Heart is
1: Prague the jewel that people I mean, say it is,
2: it sure is, musically and otherwise. Yeah, I could go back there in a heartbeat. And, um, and they sure appreciate good music. Were, th-
1: yeah. were those cathedrals built with, with in, in Europe, some of the famous cathedrals, or were or with acoustics in mind? Um,
2: I, I think back then, because there were no microphones and no mm-hmm. like way of getting the sound out there, um, I, th- I think they just used the materials at hand. Luckily, carpet wasn't around too much right. then. Right. Uh, and then knowing, I mean, they knew a lot about physics, and angles. Uh, and so I would imagine that they were aware of what material to use to make sure that the sound carried, you know, was amplified by the building itself. Yeah, I would imagine.
1: Jim, you got another one for us? Yeah.
2: You know, in Cornwall, England, uh, there's a Cornish, I love that term, Cornish hen. Cornish, it's a Cornish hen, Cornish yeah. Village called Saint Day. And Saint uh, is. D A Y? Yeah, D A Y. So the piece we're going to listen to is called Sans Day. It's sort of a takeoff on Saint Day. The original music for this piece was, founded, uh, was found in uh, St. Day in Cornwall. Um, and it basically, you're going to recognize it because it's now the holly bears a berry. Uh, so it's, it's called Sons de Carol. And, and the, the text, as you may recall, now the holly berries, bears a berry as white as the milk, and as Mary bore Jesus, who was wrapped up in silk, and Mary bore Jesus Christ, Savior, for to be. And the first tree in the greenwood, it was the holly. So this is the Sans de Carol by Stephen Caracciolo.
1: Cormac uh, talking about from heaven on high celebrating the beauty and joy of Christmas the 32nd annual Christmas concert at Sacred Hearts uh, sacred heart church uh, their choir schola cantorum that's s c h o l a c a n t o r u m that's two words conducted by uh, Donald Kendrick and Ryan Enright on the organ mm-hmm. and uh, all takes place at Sacred Heart Church 39th NJ here in Sacramento Tickets at scolacor- scolacantorum.com, or uh, you can call 850-545-4298, and there will be a handful of tickets available at the door, but maybe after this program there won't be any tickets <laughs> at right. the door.
2: And I want to test everyone's Latin t- right now. Scola Cantorum, you probably know, is Latin for school of singers in the early church, uh, for especially for advanced choirs. Uh, they would have singers who made sure that they could read music well, mm-hmm. um, and so many of the churches adopted the term schola cantorum" (school of singers) to imply oh, a, a certain uh, an advanced group that does a lot of repertoire fairly fast uh, and can sing, you know, every Sunday or uh, at other occasions on short notice. So, schola cantorum" simply means school of singers. Very good. So there you have it. Jim, uh, your, your
1: your fascination with music, and and you're the, an ambassador of music. I'd love to hear your story. It's almost like a vocation story. You know, I some uh, I, I I have people in here, you know, they the the uh, that are seminarians, and I say talk about or, or somebody who's been a priest for fifty years. I say, well, talk about your vocation. Your vocation is music. Mm-hmm. How did was this since? Two years old, or playing uh, the kazoo?
2: I I don't think anyone's ever asked me that before, and so I appreciate it, yeah. Um, I was fortunate as a young kid, uh, family of six, well, eight, counting mom and dad, and I was number four. Um, And our neighbor, uh, when I was about 12, gave us this rickety old piano.
1: And this would be in Toronto area?
2: uh, Near Toronto, a small village. Uh, I grew up in in the country outside of a small village uh, east of Toronto. And so um, I was fascinated. I found in elementary school, we had some music. And I was always happiest when the music teacher walked into the room. Mm -hmm. I was just fascinated by her. Uh, And so one day at recess when it was raining, I decided not to go out and play with everyone because I didn't want to go out in the rain. And I went down as a naughty young boy (laughs) in the auditorium. (laughs) And I started playing the piano because I had taught myself how to play and I could read music. And I heard this clomp, clomp, clomp coming down the back stairs, and it was Sister Sister X. And she said, young man. I said, oh, Sister, I'm sorry. I know I'm supposed it's to It's a go Catholic to sit, school. Yeah, Catholic school. Uh, as, Catholic many, as many schools school. then were. And uh, she said, no, no, continue. She said, who taught you? I said, well, I'm, I'm self-taught. She said, I'd be happy to give you lessons if you promise you will practice. I said, Sister, motivation is not a problem with me. Mm-hmm. So... She, uh, Carmel Teresa, she, she uh, really motivated me. And then I joined her little church choir up in the balcony of St. Carthus Catholic Church in the village. And it overlooked the town. It was like out of a movie, I assure you. I think I grew up in a bubble, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, there I was exposed to all this Latin. And this, this nun, who was a great organist herself and also a good human being, and a music director, she was the one who motivated me when I got into high school to continue and taking piano lessons and singing in a choir. Um, and then from there, um, when I lived in France, I, I made sure I joined a choir over there. Um, and uh, it's just been like I taught high school. So I had band and choir. Uh, and I, I, again, I monitored myself that I'm happiest when I'm doing music. Um, and I found that I could network and enjoy exposing people to other music and the benefits. Not just for the audience, by the way, but for the singers. Mm -hmm. The singers socially, their self-esteem, and the thinking that you're giving back. You're bringing beauty to this community through music. So So...
1: W- w- was the instruction in, in the school in French or English? It was in English.
3: Oh, yeah. in English. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. M- McCormick Ca- being a famous French yeah, name. Well, yeah. I, know. I, had, I had a
2: French-Canadian <laughs> mother, uh, so we we spoke some French at the oh. table uh, yeah. and lived in southern France for a year. I went to Laval University in Quebec City, mm-hmm. which was founded in 1640, only speak French. Uh, went to the University of Ottawa, which is also French. And... Um, So, I studied music at the University of Toronto, uh, and then in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, I did a master's degree and a doctorate in music. Wow. uh, And taught at BU for a year, taught at Saxon. So, at LSU? Yeah, Yeah. yeah, that's right. Wow. Yeah. So, it's been, I've covered the North, the South, taught at Boston University uh, in music, and also here. But I got smitten by the nonprofit bug. Uh, and realizing that a good non-profit, when it's well run, can make a big difference. And in a way, Scola is part of the non-profit at Sacred Heart. Um, sure. But uh, I, I know that with the Choral Society, you know, that goes back 20-some years now that, that we managed to keep that, that non-profit going. But, yeah, thanks for asking, Bob. Did you have uh, a I, favorite? I yeah, go ahead. I just enjoy, enjoy watching people, the lights turn on for people when they've done something beautiful in music. Uh, and so... Uh, it's, it's something that I intuitively have always loved, and um, I, I can't imagine not having music in my life. Uh, and when I see the community, the Choral Society, and then I see Scola, their dedication and commitment, uh, but also the joy that they bring one another through music.
1: Yeah. So did, did you have a favorite instrument to play?
2: I think piano would definitely, yeah. for me, is still, while well, the organ is really the king of the instruments for the church, the piano, especially for anyone who wants to teach, uh, it can helps you with your theory and everything. Um, so when I was a youngster, uh, I went to the Toronto Conservatory and studied piano and also at the university um, and then got into management. And there goes your technique and there goes your... <laughs> yeah. But it's okay. It's, life is one big compromise. You know? Is
1: LSU renowned for its mo- music program? They have strong... Beyond strong, their football yeah, team?
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tigers. They have a strong music program. Uh, when I was there, when I was graduating way back in the 80s, uh, they were building a new music building. It was just when I went back to defend my dissertation... It was finished, and I thought, well, I, I, I should have waited a couple of years and come back here. <laughs> but, you no, know, and the the Southern people love to sing, mm-hmm. uh, and they, they they are strong musicians. And it's a world-class school. You know, so. yeah. yeah.
1: Baton Rouge.
2: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And what a campus, too, by the way. It's, it's a beautiful campus. campus. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: I have been in that part of the country. and uh, <laughs> The cathedrals are, are, are called football stadiums. Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, in fact, I remember uh, when I was at LSU, we did concerts at a church called Sacred Heart and I had no idea that years later I'd be at a Sacred Heart Church in Sacramento. In Sacramento. Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, it's interesting there there's a few sacred hearts in this diocese. Yeah. And uh, true. I think there's twelve Saint Joseph's. <laughs> if you say you're from Saint Joseph's yeah. you are on good you're on, yeah. Yeah, this, if, if it's a if it's a Jeopardy question <laughs> Yeah.
2: This town ain't big enough for <laughs> <laughs> That's right.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So again, uh dot com. You can uh, Buy tickets online, and uh, or, or you can call 850-545-4298. A few tickets at the door. Uh, it's all going to take place Saturday, December 16th, 7.30 p.m., or Sunday, the
2: matinee, uh, at 2 p.m., Right. It's th- all at 39th and J Street. And it's open seating. Uh, the con- the doors open one hour before the concert, so 6.30, it opens on Saturday night, and 1 p.m. on Sunday. Um and again, the, the seats are not cushioned, so if you want to bring your own cushion, that's fine, too. Very good. Jim, take us out with a final piece, and sure. thanks uh, again for being oh here. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for your support all these years. Thank you. Um, David Wilcox is a well-known name in the English choral tradition, uh, and he's the one who started the amazing tradition of his starting his concerts with Once in Royal David's City, and so At the beginning of our concert, the sopranos will sing the first verse. It's a cappella, and we're processing in with would-be candles. They sort of look like candles. So this is a very austere, touching, powerful way to start the concert. Once in Royal David City, arrangement by David Wilcox.
1: This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the St. Vincent de Paul Society. Drop by and shop at the thrift store, a beautiful, beautiful thrift store at 2275 Watt Avenue. Open Mondays through Saturdays from 10 to 8 and Sundays from 11 to 6. They also accept donations at the store. Donations of furniture, appliances, clothing, books, everyday household items. Four seven two zero, or you can visit them at 6520 Van Maren Lane in Citrus Heights. And we certainly thank uh, the St. Vincent de Paul Society and Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center for their fine and longstanding support of the Bishop's Hour.
0: Rough questions Can I pour my heart out To a listening ear well, I see this life It's valleys and mountains And I think of all the roads That brought me here all oh, that brought me here Walking down, walking down the road Well I've questioned my reasons This life I'm living I question my ability to judge wrong from right. Well, I questioned all the things I've ever called certain. My race, my religion, my country, my mind. But the one thing I don't question is you. You really love me like you say you. the work I'm doing really matter at all. Well, I question my friendships, a liar's dependence. Who will still be here when I fall? But the one thing I don't question